When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome to our business podcast The Commute. I'm Hannah Baker, the business editor of the Bristol Post and Business Live. We're going to be chatting to business leaders about issues including mental health, the environment, funding and running a company. The podcast is brought to you by GWR. We're here today to talk about talent and the workplace. So Daryl, do you want to kick off by telling me a little bit about what you do? Yeah, uh, my name's Daryl Irwin. I'm from brand marketing agency Creation. Um, we help people tell stories. If you tell the right story, we get the right inquiry. Um, we're doing that in Bristol and we're also doing that in Cardiff. Great. And you, Ollie? So I'm Ollie James. I'm the commercial director at Potato. We're a pro- digital product development company and we help clients get some purposeful and effective products into the hands of, of, of the consumer. So... I've invited you here today really to talk about workplace culture, attracting talent and the skills gap in Bristol really. Now, Daryl, you've done something quite unusual and it's very on topic today, yeah. particularly with the Labour Party conference in Brighton talking about that. But you've actually switched to a four day week, which yeah. is fascinating. So can you tell us a bit about why you did that, what inspired it and how it's working out for you? Yeah, so we've been looking at the way people work, and I'm quite an inquisitive sort of person. Why do we do the things that we do? And doing a bit of research into the nine to five type week, it's very clear that it's it's factory driven and to you know influence the creative market. My guys are used to working tight deadlines, long hours, that kind of stuff. So we just wanted to change the culture, um, and that knew that we would have to change our clients as a result as well. But we just made a decision that actually the, the for the team, we've got to do best for the team. Um, which if you do best for the team, we do best for the clients. So we looked at various different models, flexible working hours, um, remote working, that sort of stuff. And the best thing I saw was a two-weekly cycle, which we implemented, which was essentially four-day work week, but the first week was having a Friday off. Uh, and then the second week was having a Friday just doing research and development. So you've got the best of both worlds. You've got research and development so they can go in any direction that they want to, which will benefit the business and their learning journey. But also they've got an extra day off, one week, essentially giving them like 20 plus days extra year holiday that just allows them to just go and have fun and go and chill out. And rather than doing the washing and that kind of stuff, it's just a case of just go and do something with your life that you really enjoy to do. And naturally that helps creativity. So that's not condensed hours either, is it? That's normal working hours? Yeah, so we made the decision. I mean, a lot of people have asked me, oh, so I guess, you know, you drop their pay as a result. And we're like, no, we kept the pay exactly the same. And I think that was that was the most radical thing. And certainly when we're talking to businesses, that's the one that's like, wow, that's really, you know, changing the landscape. And um, you, Ollie, your company is very creative as well. And you've introduced quite a number of 
sort of initiatives and things into the workplace to encourage staff, um, to induce productivity, that kind of thing. So can you tell me a little bit yeah. about what your company does? Well, yeah, so on the on the sort of the working hours um, framework, we don't have a, a sort of official working hours. People, although we do tend to work a five-day week, uh, we're not expecting people to turn up at 8.30 on the dot and leave at five o'clock, so you can pick your own hours. And we also don't count the holiday. So because of some of the way that we're structured in terms of the projects we undertake, things happen in what we call sprints, so we'll put a team of people on a product um, and we'll, there's, there's a technique we, we use called rapid validation where we work really quickly to work out whether a product has got a chance to go to market and that can be really intense and, and really quite draining on teams so we'll, we'll fire up a team we'll get them on a product a project and when that finishes there's some normally some time where, where you can have some downtime and work on your own project so it's kind of led by the client needs balanced against uh, against the, the teams but quite often I think we've got two teams now that are on downtime and what they're doing is either doing personal projects or they're working on stuff for potato like internal projects looking at our systems and that's but there's no actual sort of requirement for them to to tackle uh, an exact sort of defined project so it's quite an interesting way we get some flexibility sort of both ways we find that works quite well and with the holiday do you find that people are stick to the normal amount that they would take anyway or you know how does that work because I imagine that you'd also might find that people are a bit um, wary of taking too much holiday because what, what will the company think that kind of thing uh, so what's the sort of vibe around that in your, your office? Well, I think that these things are, have become embedded in the culture. So there isn't, because um, these things have been, have been sort of gone since our inception. Right. So Potato was born out of Google sort of Innovation Labs, two of the guys at Google started up Potato um, of their own. So there was a lot of that um, sort of that company culture baked in when it started. So it wasn't a case of, of ripping the rule book up and starting again. And, and because that's the way that these, sort of, these bigger tech companies can work it, it was um, it's not something that we've had a knee-jerk reaction to so people are normally quite um, they're quite respectful of it so they don't just decide right I'm going to take three months off and go yeah. traveling in India see you later guys um, but also they they I think we're probably on the on the side of taking more than would otherwise have been allowed um, but then that sort of reverts back to our, our the way we work in terms of the project so there's often quite there since there's downtime in between projects that people then use to go and they would either do things in communities for schools or take time for themselves so it's not something that we that we have too many problems with and we've not had problems with people taking sort of not enough or too much it it seems just to just to just to work, to work. <laughs> <laughs> and Daryl what about productivity how has that been impacted or benefit how has your company benefited from this switch how how, how have you seen that sort of develop I've definitely picked up. Uh, um, we've still got clients. We've still got deadlines. We've still got uh, you know, communication has had to change a lot more. We have to be a lot more in touch with the clients to get things done. And you know, responding, you can't leave it as long, so we yeah. want it a bit more. Um, but generally, I think they all seem a lot more relaxed. It's a lot. It's taken a lot of tension out of the atmosphere and allows us to structure a business around pace of projects that everyone's agreed to. Um, you know, it's a classic thing where a client says, I need this ASAP. And so, well, what does that mean? You know, is it tomorrow? Um, and I <laughs> yeah. think it, 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 it's trying to, it's allowed us now to actually be a lot more specific and say, okay, when is the actual deadline? And we can factor it in. Um, we implemented a system called Teamworks probably about 18 months ago, which has really helped structure what's billable time, what's not. 
and um, you know productivity is tracked through that app and um, what we found is it, it's working you know the guys are getting work done we're getting paid on time so it's it's just a happier family if that makes sense for our, for our team I think we look at it and we go well Friday afternoons really people would disengage in any way it's like yeah. one eye on the clock it's the weekend the sun's out so you didn't get too much productivity on that Friday afternoon and and so really you kind of lost the morning and we're saying well you know what if you're more efficient and you're more focused in 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 looking at what you're doing and what you've got to achieve and you know the deadlines and you know they're old enough and you know, they know how to get stuff done it didn't need someone standing over them saying is it done yet you know so I think as long as the clients are happy um that's a good thing I think that's perhaps why maybe other businesses might be nervous of doing it because they think if people aren't working five days, you know, productivity will drop off and, and that kind of thing. So what would you say to companies that are nervous about making big changes to their workplace culture? Yeah, I think you've got to look at the talent of individuals. So, you know, move away from the fact is it takes a billing by time, if that makes sense. You can track the hours that they get done, but... You know, I know of a story many years ago, it was Picasso and um, he was at a restaurant and they wanted a picture off of him and he drew it on a napkin and it took a couple of seconds to do. And then he got said it was, you know, X amount of money, which was at that time, it was an exorbitant amount of yeah. money. And the person said, well, it only took you a couple of seconds. And he said, no, it didn't. It took me years to get to that pace. And I think my team are trained in a way that it's not about time, it's about their talent and it gives their ability and their talent to shine. So I think as long as their talent can shine in that space, then you can redeem the time. So, you know, you may not have as many hours to get the job done, but if their brains are freer to think, then they're going to solve situations quicker. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's what we're trying to do, is actually celebrate the time and the talent whereby they get the job done to an exceptional standard. People enjoy it and say, why are you guys so creative? Well, it's because we give our guys time to breathe. And Ollie, is that something you see in your company with the initiatives that you have in place, you know, with the holiday and the other things that you've got going on as well? Yeah, I think that value-based pricing is 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 really key. The, the idea that we can move away from selling units of time and actually examine the value that you create. And, and as Daryl said, you, you're there you for the thirty years, not the the thirty yeah. minutes or, or week or whatever it or it took you. So that's really important. Um, but we've got um, we've started up a new initiative um, around joint ventures. Um, so what we've offered to clients now is that we will go in with them on projects. And actually, in one case, we've started a company. Um, with Arbman Animations and Tiny Rebel Games to look at a project brief. So we we've invested our our time and our people in in the project and we will end up sort of dividing up the the any sort of revenue and, and ownership of the company in the future. So we've taken away the the idea of 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 selling anything really um, and getting together as a project team and we've actually gone as far to, to put them representatives from the three companies into the engine shed um, down at Temple Meads and have representatives from all of our companies actually sit there as a team Is um, it registered as a separate company or, or it's yeah. just more of a team? It's called Fictioneers, Fictioneers. Um, wow. and the idea is to exp uh, explore um, how you engage with audiences of the future so we're creating this sort of uh, augmented reality side of things and I'm going to put in 
characters in. And the idea would be that you could go to uh, a venue, you know, a, a physical place, and use your phone uh, to interact with the space around you based on the, an Ardman um, character. And Tiny Rebel Games have come in to give the functionality and develop it further. It's but amazing. We looked at it and thought there's a real opportunity here to work with the with us and the other two companies. And rather than try and work out a, a time or value model, we created an actual company. And we we're looking to make the joint venture approach um, the forefront of what we offer at Potatoes and try, if we can, to move people into that space rather than the, oh, a more traditional model. So, so would they have their own separate hours and spe- or they have a separate workspace as yeah. you said but they sort of self they're self-organizing yeah. um completely but the the potato studio are there to sort of to overlook um to provide support where yeah. where they don't have so we get human resources and finance and um anything that we can really fruit um, yeah. <laughs> wherever we can sort of step in and help out and they're all invited on our potato company away days and to and to our sort of our our, our events so um, it's a really it's a, a sort of a groundbreaking approach we think and it's um, it's throwing up some challenges but we're, when you get three different companies in a room when you're working with the client physically and you've all got a stake in that project then um, the the results are, are quite astonishing actually and you said the word future and, and I guess that is that's key really to this whole discussion I want to really talk to you about where you think the workplace is, is going in terms of where it's going to be in the next 5, 10, 15 years, um, in, your, in your opinion. Uh, it's shifting. People are doing more sort of flexible working and with the introduction of more companies. I don't know how many there are doing sort of a four-day week. But mm. in your view, guys, where do you think um, the workplace is, is going to be? How much is it going to change, do you reckon? I think the generation that occupies most of the space in terms of the age group are millennials. They're very cause-driven and cause-focused. Um, and, and the point of that is they want to join companies that are making a difference. Um, I'm just under. <laughs> and uh, But the, the whole uh, Gen X thing was very much, you know, you work as many hours, you hit it hard, you, yeah. get, you get the rewards, you know, in the happy days, I might retire early. Whereas... People are seeing the result of that of families splitting up much earlier than they thought they would. You know, someone's married five, ten years and it all collapses because the guy's never there or the girl's never there. And the reality is that I think that generation have seen that. So we don't want to repeat that. So I think already the shift now is work is not everything. I think that's the thing that started to creep in. And I think how do you facilitate the things that are most important, like family, um, like your friends, like those relationships, rather than let work dictate it? But then also have fun at work as well. You know, enjoy it. You know, you spend a lot of your life working. Well, why not do something that you enjoy? So people are making decisions around purpose and causes. And I think companies need to be very clear on what their mission, vision and values are if they are to get the engagement of the right type of talent and then keep keep retention. Because the reality is if they don't see their, their values or their things expressed in a way that they feel is good and it's making a difference to the planet, then they're going to move on and go and find someone that does. So I think the biggest thing in the marketplace I see is that how can you leave a decent impact and yet keep the, a decent work-life balance? And I think if you can offer those things, I think you, you, you're on the way to winning as a company. What about you, Ollie? How do you see the workplace sort of changing in the next decade? Yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd agree. Um, it's, I think technology will start to come in um, to, to interplay even more and more and more, uh, and that might help things 
become more efficient and enable people to work um, more efficiently and less in a, in a less centralised way. I think we're approaching that the, the sort of the highest numbers of employment levels in the country that we've seen since records began, and whether that will continue as as sort of technology and automation comes in to replace that as we move towards this sort of the idea of an automation first world where we look at our our processes and we we hand that over to uh, that be a robot an AI a piece of software. Um, but I think rather than than reducing the amount of jobs available there will be a, sort of an equal um, and upward shift in uh, the shift in the type of jobs that people will do so it's not that everybody's going to become redundant we'll just move to work with the technology um, and hopefully in a purposeful and effective cause-driven way um, and yeah who does who who is to say that you know a five day on and two days off is is what we need as human beings I, I don't think so um, so we'll start to see a, a shift towards having you know that uh, the four-day weeks and the, and certainly if not um a constrained by weekdays sort of approach we will have more time off throughout the day in order to drop kids off or help with a dependent relative or go out into the communities work with schools and and have more sort of community engaged work um but let's see it's a very difficult question yeah uh, it is and it, like you said daryl when you were doing your research about going yeah. becoming a, a company that has a four-day week it was originally introduced for factory workers and I imagine agricultural workers probably at the same time. Yeah, and that was, was a very, I mean, that was about 100 years ago or so because I, I yeah. was reading a book recently about the, the outbreak of the First World War and people fighting for an, uh, the shift from a 12-hour day to an 8-hour day. And basically nothing's changed since. Yeah. So we've come, got to 2019 and... A few companies like yourselves, innovative companies, are, are making this shift, this change. Um, in, in my view, has been a long time coming, really. Mm. And like you both say, the, the workplace is changing. And millennials are going to start demanding different things from their work and what they want to do. And they want to work for cause-driven organizations. Yeah. Hey, guys. On December the 15th, train times across all Great Western routes changed. So if you haven't travelled on a GWR train since then, it's likely your usual commute has had a shake-up. But don't worry, you can head to gwr.com forward slash timetable 2019 to find out your new travel times. Now back to the conversation. I want to talk to you now a little bit about the cultures of your company. Ollie, you were telling me before we started recording a, a, a a few of the things that you do, like your uh, potato in the park. So, so what's that all about? <laughs> potato in the park. Um, it's quite a simple one. We shut the office down for the day and uh, we all head off to the park, uh, our park in Bristol. We take blankets, we take dogs, we take kids, we take uh, cool boxes and barbecues and uh, kites, bats, balls, um, and go and find some trees to climb and generally just have a loon around in the park. There's no really other other expectation apart from just sort of get to know each other and uh, take some time out of the office just to change the you know, change the environment we do we've just come we've just come back from a, a company all hands day which is slightly different to potato in the park it's, it was over at westenburg arboretum but it was all about strategy and vision and mission and purpose and culture and we had whiteboards and thousands of sticky notes and a, a really defined program uh, of questions that we wanted to answer for ourselves 
themselves as individuals and, and for the company. So there are two very different events, but both involve getting getting us out of the office, out of the studio, um, and to, in some cases, get to know and to and to explore ideas. But um, I think that team building element and just changing the changing the environment a little bit, change that setting is really is really important. So that, that's two things we've done done recently in terms of our. And do you find it helps engage your staff by doing those sorts of things? Actually engage them. Yeah, I think it. I think it does actually engage because we're not being prescriptive, other than saying that it's not prescriptive. <laughs> so we're all about sort of team self-organising themselves. So we give a little bit of guidance, you know, a, a statement um, on a board with, with which we, we sort of analyse and teams are given the opportunity to approach it however they like. And that's come from our sort of our HQ. So we're, we've got a little office in London and again in San Francisco. Um, we're owned by, by a bigger company, AKQA. So we there's a communication flow between the, our employees, our team, right the way up through to the board so it, there is a little bit of direction and some questions that we feel need answering and that, and that need that people need to come together on um, but self-organizing teams and, and respecting individuals to um, to work in the way that they want to work and not to be as Daryl said sort of leaning over their shoulders and making sure that things are being done in a specific way or a prescribed way is really important and those two off-site events really embody that approach it's a bit like you were saying earlier, Daryl, about mm. uh, not needing to lean over people's shoulders and let them yeah. get on with it and, and trust them to do their job, basically. Yeah, so we, we, you know, on the, we talked about the day off, but even on the research and development front, it's allowed us to look at the marketplace where things are changing. So culturally, you know, graphic design, creative industries operate the same way for like 60 years. They charge for time and talent. And so one of the things that we got together and we discussed was how do we, how do we break that model? And some people say, well, maybe you're doing yourself out of a job. And we're saying, well, no, because there's a whole generation maybe looking of a way out of the nine to five, but may not have the money to do it or the courage to do it. Yeah. So there's been this emergence of the side hustle where people are doing something on the side. So what we've created is we've created a tool called Genesis Brands that you can build a brand by just answering a series of questions that take about 15 to 20 minutes. Press the button. At the end of it, your logo, your fonts, your images, your colours, your pop-up stand, <laughs> flyers, brochure, has all been done. And so we're charging a, a cost, which is like nominal cost to get it done. But what it's doing is say, we're trying to remove all the barriers for people to, to yes, they want to get out the culture of the nine to five, let's say. But, you know, they've they, they got mortgages to pay and they've got kids to feed and all that kind of stuff. But we also want to develop tools that changes the culture in order to do that so we developed that product as a team and we discussed that how do we disrupt the industry in a way and so for an entry level for someone that says you know what actually i want out of this and then i want to move into entrepreneurship rather than work for someone we've now created a tool that allows people to do that and so our r&d is really focused around catching where everybody is and the questions they're asking you mentioned about labor now the four-day working week. Yeah. Um, I think it was a week ago the BBC had come out and said it doesn't work. You know, it's, just, it's, it's, it's amazing that that conversation is happening. But as you said, the cultures of businesses now, they're going to have to look at it. They can't just expect people to turn up at nine and leave at five and offer nothing else. I was surprised, actually, because I think one of the big business organisations has come out in response saying, you know, it's never going to work, which is you don't really want a leading membership organisation saying that. You, because surely if anything's ever going to change, you want to be encouraging businesses to open their minds to different ways of working and why yeah. they're good 
and that kind of thing. And what I wanted to also talk to you about is it's one thing attracting talent and offering your stuff lots of different ways of working. But what about keeping them on board? Now, is there a secret to that in your opinion? I think for for us, um, a lot of our team have, have worked in in an environment that allowed them to express their cause focus. You know, we um, we started in the charity many years ago, and the business grew too big to remain as a department within the charity and came right. out. So now we've got this team that you know really want to just don't want to be creative for creative sake. They want to be able to contribute and give in other ways, both their time, their talent, and the companies that we actually work for. So for us, that's, that's that's been really important, and and because because we're always cause focused, looking at ways to give back. We do a lot of work experience, bringing you know youth through from the schools and colleges. We do workshops in colleges and stuff like that. So because we do that, that helps them feel like they're making an impact, and right. so therefore they realise that it's not just about the money, and that's what for us has kept the retention. Some of these guys have worked. When you add their time with a charity and the time of us, some of them have been six, seven years have been with us, which is, you know, a bit odd and a bit strange in the creative world. But if you offer them the chance to express themselves and they love the environment, why not? And even now, not just in the creative world, it's so many companies, younger people tend to, they don't do what they did sort of 20, 30, 40 years ago where they, you start a company and you just work your way there up the ladder for the rest yeah. of your life. People shift around so much now. Um, and they're enticed away for different reasons. But uh, for you, Ollie, what's the key to keeping those people within your business? Um, oh, that's good. A good question. I think the we, we've got a lot of what you, what you sort of call perks, um, and we take those perks to um, a, a bit further probably than some traditional agencies. So it's um, we pay for people's lunches, um, you know, pretty much breakfast as well. So and you know, food in the afternoon, snacks. It goes right the way through. So you wander around Bristol, we can go to the different restaurants we've negotiated um, sort of deals so that you can go in there and um, with your potato ID and 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 get yourself a, a sandwich and a and a smoothie. Um, and there are other things, um, you know, we've got a pool table in the office and, and that kind of stuff. But I think over that only that only works up to a certain degree, because actually, if somebody's then enticed with a salary or, or further or equal benefits, then um, th- then you're up against somebody, you know, you're up against that that turnover um, problem. But the so then it comes down to well, your culture is king and, and the type of projects that you work on. And I think that that the purposeful stuff is important. So we would we've got the the sort of hygiene factors at potatoes so we don't work with companies that don't that aren't ethical or that we don't have a clear view through their supply chain and we don't understand ones where we don't understand fully or where there will be questions over whether or not parts of their supply chain aren't working in an environmental or, or ethical way and that is not always the case with with you know in agency land um and so that's really key and also to try and take a sort of take on purposeful products as well uh, and projects that actually do good in the world to so actively go out to seek to work with companies that want to create things that do good in the world and if you stick to that and you mean it and you're willing to to sit there in a in a, a new business um, situation and turn work away as we have done um, and your staff see that you have a commitment to that and it's not just some woolly um, sort of ideology that 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 you sort of band around then that has an impact a real purposeful impact because it's a lot to say that you're going to do these things but when you're when you've got uh, an opportunity that comes in to create revenue and real revenue that's going to have a 
have a, a huge positive impact on your P&L and you turn it away because because of your principles, then that's what makes the difference, I think. And that's why the, the our staff turnover, I think, over and above free food, free, you know, yeah. beers on a Friday or Thursday or Wednesday uh, and a pool table, that's much more powerful. So it's the work itself. I think that's key, actually. It's something I was going to speak to you about because I think it's easy for any business to put a ping pong table in the corner mm. and put some funky art on the wall and you know, say we've got free booze on a Friday mm. uh, and we've got, you know, we're quirky and we're different, but actually it comes down to the culture of the company and how you really invest and believe in your staff and how you treat your staff and, and make them feel in that workplace. It's interesting what you're saying because it's, it reminds me where I began this journey. So in 2001, I was going to run a company um, that had more to do with ending people's lives and celebrating it because of the type of companies tobacco firms, alcohol firms, that kind of stuff. And it was literally, I was a week away from signing papers to do that. And uh, a girl I was dating at the time, she'd become my wife, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a girl, she just said, is that the kind of legacy that you want to leave? And I really, it was like, it arrested me. And I thought, actually, no. And I realised how far I drifted away from my value set. You know, my, I brought up in a fairly Christian home and traditional values, and I'd moved the complete opposite to that. And I literally turned the opportunity down. Everyone thought I was nuts. Uh, 27 years old, got everything I want, and I just walked from it. Um, now I've built an agency that is ethical. Um, it's working with companies that we want to work with and schools and charities and people like that. And, you know, the team can see that. And they've, they've all had opportunities to go down the same route that I did. But they're saying, well, actually, it's a bit superficial. Yeah. You know, it's a bit, it's not for me and that kind of stuff. And they can see the journey that I've been on and thankfully they've not made the same mistakes that they can go to sleep at night and say, yeah, I'm working for, I'm doing some good in the world, you know? And, you know, I look back now and it was, at the time it was a huge risk because I could have had everything made up for me, but I look at it now and I say, yeah, I'm so glad that I did it, you know? And as a result of that, we've created that culture. It's in the DNA of our company that we are all wanting to do something good with our skills and our talents. So my final question to you really is what would your advice be to other businesses who do genuinely want to change and make sure that they attract the best talent that's going? What would your advice be to them about how they should sort of treat their staff, I guess? I think the staff need to be valued. They need to be seen as as important as the clients that they work for because if you look after the staff well, the staff will look after the clients I think for us, um, when you when you make those decisions, I think you create the right company by de- default. You know, I think they just the team want to work together. They they're all on the same page. They're yeah. they're all achieving something that is is purposeful. They're working with clients that they enjoy, and that creates a really great environment to attract people into. Because it doesn't need to come from the CEO that this is a great place to work. You know, if I'm bringing someone in, I say go talk to the team. Yeah, because yeah. at the end of the day, it's the team that are going to sell this because you'll be working with them. You know, I'm around, but I'm not, you know, going to be dealing everything on the day to day. So for companies out there, I think, look at what you're doing. Ask why you're doing it. Yeah. You know, why are you doing nine to five? You know, begin to research, begin to explore. And I, I literally, I was taken out to lunch by a company the other day about the four day work week. And I just encouraged them. I said, just try it. There's nothing yeah, lost. like a trial run or something. We did. We 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 started in May with a two bank holiday, so it's a four day work week in two of those weeks. So we did it in May, and what that happened, everyone was used to it. We kind of hit our rhythm, 
and at the end of it, so how did that go? And everyone really enjoyed it. And we were still as productive, even though we lost the two bank holidays and, you know, the R&D day and the day off. But it was good. So we just carried it on. So I would, I would highly recommend just trial it. But don't just talk from the top down. Speak to the team. Get them all involved and say, this is what we're going to try. What are people's thoughts? Um, and I think just being bold enough to be brave and be different. Yeah, I, I just uh, just to expand on that, I, th- I think that if you, you you could almost sort of rip up the the, the organisational hierarchy, or at least sort of flip it on its head, and, and rather than having the the CEOs and the and the MDs at the top, the, the the people that are most important in your in your business are the people that are talking to the clients. So when you do that at any organisation, you get the guys at the front desk, uh, and they're there because they are the, they're the face of your business. And if you can flatten that model out, and you can have it, make everybody accountable and feel part of the decision making process, then then you can start with a, you know an opportunity review. What would be that? What would be the benefits of changing the way we worked and start to workshop it out. Use a use your product development methodologies that and treat this as a as a project and say okay we are here and do a quick review to see where you are and this is where you want to be and just get everybody involved with everything between and take the steps and and you can quite quickly when you when you iterate change things and find the model that works for you and it might not be a set four day week it might be three day week who knows um, but certainly start to look at how you can be more flexible and and get the journey started and get it as part of the narrative in the organization because you've got to start somewhere and it might not be making that that you know gigantic leap if you're a very traditional organization but advice is to, is to start the process start it somewhere get some external help in create yourself a little roadmap and involve everybody in getting from from a to b and i think then it will sort of it'll create it'll get its own legs and it will start running and, and, and you'll end up somewhere very close hopefully well, I'd certainly like to see more companies introducing the four-day week. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's a really interesting discussion and hopefully um, some of the businesses listening to it might uh, take something away from that and who knows, uh, take, take this advice on board and, and maybe, maybe yeah. they'll follow, follow in your footsteps. Who knows? Thanks everyone for joining us on The Commute. Tune in next time for the next part of the journey.